Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. Hi, we're your hosts. I'm Megan. And I'm Joe. And we're here today to talk about episode 304 of Outlander season 3 of Lost Things. A little bit of quick background on us. Megan loves the show Outlander and has made me watch it for going on three seasons now. Mm-hmm. I am not a giant fan, but I am a good sport. And Very good sport. And here we are. And here we are. And it's so much fun because, I mean, I always want to talk about it anyways, and so now you'll discuss things with me and our listeners, which we have. Yeah, that's right. So um, if la- last week we threw out our, our first shout-out, if you want to reach out to us, uh, feel free to email us at loinlander at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at loinlander. And lo and behold, people actually did, believe it or not. <laughs> we uh, we got our, our very first uh, emails from a, a few great people with yep. uh, and, and shockingly all complimentary. Only positive things yeah, to which, say. <laughs> which uh, blew me away a little bit. So yeah. uh, so thanks for that. It makes us feel 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 pretty good. Yeah. Thanks and, for uh, listening. It means that Joe will keep doing the podcast with me and he'll keep watching Outlander yeah. with me. You've bought us two more episodes no, probably. The we'll whole se- we're watching well, the whole season regardless. Okay. All right. Anyways. Okay. So let's get into it. So Of Lost Things was written by Tony Graffia. So she's one of the original Outlander writers. She wrote all through season one and she wrote all through season two. And actually she and Matthew B. Roberts collaborated on the episode Dragonfly and Amber, which was the finale of season two, which I thought you would appreciate because you said that that was the best episode of season two, Dragonfly and Amber. You said you really liked the way it was flashing back and forth. Yeah, no, that was a good episode. That was the intro of Roger and Brianna, wasn't it? It certainly was. So um, for this episode, we get the title shot, which is uh, snake shavings of wood falling as someone is carving it out. Mm -hmm. So it's in the shape of a snake. And for those of us, like myself, who are huge Outlander fans, immediately you think of Sawney, Jamie's... um, carved out snake that his older brother William gave to him so you're wondering if it's like a flashback to William doing it or if it's Jamie himself but it was fairly significant moment for me for Joe we had to pause it and she had to explain (laughs) to me for about 10 minutes what the hell the snake was like this is very significant he's like this means nothing to me no zeros um so before we get into the beat by beat we'll do our number of loin points out of 100 at the end of the episode but before we get into the beat by beat i do want to talk about favorite line of the episode uh so go for it okay so my favorite line of the episode is i have girls who are friends but not one i'd call uh i don't there's not i don't have a girlfriend he's just stumbling and he's charming and um It was my favorite line. I'm so happy to see Roger again, and I thought he delivered it perfectly. What was your favorite line? Well, my favorite line, I'm going to twist this around a little bit. From favorite line, I'm going to throw my own flavor and call it worst line of the episode. Oh, okay. So worst line of the episode would be when uh, James Frazier got terribly blackmailed into taking a girl's virginity and as he was just struggling to 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 ravage her he was like you can watch me if you want you can watch me if you'd like it's like (laughs) come on that's ridiculous sometimes because even you knew it wasn't ridiculous because you were like you should probably watch this because a lot of people are into it yeah basically i mean we can talk about it more when the scene comes yeah we'll get into that scene for sure just it I don't was, know. So it was, this is this. It's it was all, 
it was everything about this show that makes me want to turn it off. And for me, it was that was a very accurate thing for him to say. And you knew it too, that it was a normal thing for him to say. Wow. Because that's what people watch it, the show. It was it was almost like a nod to the view. It was almost like a nod to the viewers. You yeah, can watch this it, if you it was, want. It was kind of like breaking wink, nudge, the fourth, nudge. Yeah. yeah, sort of like breaking the fourth wall. And if that's what it was, bravo. Yeah, but that's I, very clever, I and it stuck really with you. Don't think it was. I think it was. So beat by beat. So 1968, we're in Scotland. Claire and Roger and Brianna are searching for Jamie. So I actually really liked this scene because I could feel the excitement and you learn that he's made it to 1756. So he survived the first 10 years and then they're trying to find the listings of Ards or they find the listings of Ardsmere Prison so they can see where he was. Um, so I, I actually quite liked this scene, mm-hmm. but I do need to talk about the casting of Brianna. Sure. Can I just talk, can I, yeah. we, before yeah, we move yeah. on to Brianna, because I know this is going to be a bit. Yeah. Uh, this scene I didn't really enjoy because they it's about five they're like oh boy this is a super tough search and Claire's like oh wait I found it all I found him yeah like they've the, been looking for a long well, time though they'd been searching and searching yeah. and searching you saw it they had the chart they'd right. been figuring it out it was just total fluke I mean maybe built that up a little bit that would have taken a like, lot of time but they, they they're found, speeding through like, every episode but I don't know it just seemed kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. that they're like oh this is so oh wait a minute here it is yeah she was like I Look, found him and yeah. you said that that was that easy was, that was easy yeah um okay so Brianna Brianna. What do you think of this? What do you think of her as an actress, as a character? Um, I think she is. I know they had a hard time casting this role. They did have a and, hard time casting uh, this role. I mean, I don't. I'm not an actor or an actress, and um, I, I, I don't want to slag anyone, you know, on their craft, except for Sam Hewen. And uh, but but you know, she uh, she definitely has the least chemistry uh or charisma or uh she's a little bit she you know the, the way that i i described it to megan was she seems more like she is delivering lines in a play yeah. rather than actually acting off off of uh off of her other you know counterparts it's almost like she's she's not really acting she's more just waiting to deliver her line a hundred percent i agree with you which I, is it- I feel bad saying that because that's a dick thing to say, and I only feel I only I'm not I don't care about being a dick to to Sam Hewen because he's not going anywhere. But this is probably this girl's big break, and you know I mean who am I? I'm just some dork on the internet, so that doesn't change the fact that that she's wooden as hell. Anyway, yeah, she seems like she's struggling in every scene with every piece of dialogue that comes out of her mouth. There's something totally unnatural about the way she delivers it. And the way she moves with the camera, I, I struggle watching her. I actually really have a hard time with it. And it's heartbreaking because the show has nailed it with casting almost every single other time. Like yeah. just Roger is exactly what Roger should be. Jamie, Claire, even smaller characters like Lord John Gray. Even in this episode, Isabel and Geneva, incredible casting. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Dougal, Rupert, Angus, like all of the characters, the casting has been amazing. Yeah. And this is such... A huge, huge role. I know they saw, I don't know, thousands of actresses. Yeah, Brianna. And they selected her. Brianna got the, whoever the girl that plays Brianna. Sophie Skelton. Sophie, Sophie. She's so, beautiful, but Yeah, that's she, it. she got, she got blown off the screen by the, by those other two girls you mentioned. The, yeah. The Geneva and what's the other one, Isabella? Yeah, and I Geneva, thought, I read, auditioned for the role of Brianna. She would have been a good choice. She would have been a good choice because that girl has screen presence. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's got chops. Yeah. Completely different look, but... Well, chops. they just... All they'd have to do is dye her hair, right? right? I guess. But, uh, I don't... Red hair. Uh, it's tricky. Anyway. Well, Sophie Skelton has dark brown hair. Oh, does she? I don't know. That's why her okay. eyes are brown, which doesn't make sense if you right. look at Jamie and Claire, because they wouldn't... Have, anyways. Right. Anyway. Um, so then we go to Hellwater. Mm-hmm. 1950, 1956. That would be 1756. Right. Uh, and the first shot is the introduction to the owner and family of Hellwater, the Dunsinies. And the, both the sisters come out, Isabel and Geneva, and we get dialogue from both sisters. Isabel is kind and sweet and cute, and Geneva is stunningly beautiful, not very kind. But again, like both of the casting, incredible. Yeah, the girls go, are amazing. To throw back to the last episode where I called it Fancy Down Abbey, the, the yeah. sisters also kind of have uh, Lady Mary and who's the other one? Who's the homely sister? Mm. Not, not Edith. She's, yeah, who's, yeah. You know, she's made out to be homely yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, they kind but of I have immediately, that same... I liked both of them in right. different ways immediately. No Sybil. There's no, there was no, there was no hot Sybil representation yeah. there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but they have that same kind of like, oh, I'm the pseudo I'm frumpy the nice one. one. I'm, I'm the, the yeah. cold pretty one. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, a little cliche, but anyway, whatever. So Jamie and uh, Lord Dunsany have a conversation in the house, and we establish that Jamie is now going by Alex, Alex Mackenzie. Right. Um, and they talk about how the Dunsany family lost their eldest son at Preston Pans, and so Lady Dunsany has great hatred for any Jacobite because she's obviously upset about losing her son and Jamie says pain of losing a child never leaves you I've lost two children myself Mm -hmm. and this is actually something that I really like about the series and about the books is whenever Jamie or Claire talk about their children they always say they had two children oh really they it's always they always talk about how they had two children right so Faith their baby that was born at eight months and and died was always one of theirs and i just think it's a really respectful way to to treat that kind of miscarriage yeah um so then the next scene is roger and brianna fixing the car also of course sorry just some serious foreshadowing for what is about to happen in this episode and you know gives 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 the second half of the episode a lot more weight oh because the pain of losing a child is something that never leaves you and at the end of the episode we see him Ditto. Yeah. Losing sorry. a child. Number three. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's a, it was a real setup. It was a big setup for the for the second half of the episode. Yeah. Um. So Roger and Brianna fixing the car, and Roger is this is when he delivers his line. He's charming. Richard Rankin out acts. Actually, I find when when Sophie Skelton is acting with Richard Rankin, she's it works because all she really has to do is smile and look mm-hmm. pretty to his. Bumbling charm. Bumbling, yeah. yeah, and it works for me a little bit more. Which is good because I feel like their chemistry is the most important. Yeah, so, so she's at her strongest when she's yeah. with Roger. She might get better. She might get better. A that's lot true. better, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's um, just a really quick scene. Yeah, Roger, I uh, I mentioned to you, reminds me, he, he kind of looks like a cross between um, uh, James McAvoy Super and hot, yeah. Zach Galifianakis. Not hot. That's kind of what he looks like <laughs> uh, to me. So he does not, I don't know what his character was supposed to be in the book, but he's not, if he's supposed, he's sort of like, in, he kind of represents like the anti-Jamie in this, in this show to me. Yeah. Like, although I find him infinitely more likable, he's, he's sort of the, Jamie's the king of men and 
Roger seems to be more like the regular regular like the, guy. The, 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 I think the, that's an accurate man of men. Yeah, like, I think yeah. that's an accurate portrayal. Yeah. Uh, so then back at Hellwater, Jamie is in the stables and he's told it's time to draw straws. And I actually really like this. I thought it was cute how he's you know developing relationships with the other people that work mm-hmm. there and they all draw straws. Uh, and Jamie makes some comment as Geneva rides away that she needs a, a boot in the behind or something, and her sister Isabel hears. Right. Edith comes up and says, Isabel. What to do? Um, so, but she's so likable. I just find that the character yeah, of Isabel, all, you like, like her you immediately. My sister or, or the, the horse. horse. Yeah. yeah. That was a good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And but she, she didn't. Pardon? She didn't care. You know, she, oh, she, she was, didn't care at all. I'm sure it wasn't the first she time she'd heard someone. What Geneva's about. Yeah. Um, and she confides to Jamie that she has a crush on Lord John Gray. Right. And Jamie was like, that's <laughs> probably not a great... I mean, I'm not going to like... He's do, really into soldiers. Right. Yeah. He's like, he really... <laughs> and I mean, like, he's really into soldiers. Yeah. Like, for reals. Yeah, uh, she does not care. Jamie really, he's really worried about this. He's he's concerned. And this yeah, comes well, up a couple because, times. He well, likes he likes Isabel. Yeah, he knows yeah. she's a good person. And mm-hmm. Jamie's a good person. Mm-hmm. So then we are back in, I was going to say current day, but it's not. Right. We're, we're back with Claire. 60-something, In right? the 60s. 66. And yeah. Yeah, nice yeah, job. Thank you. I watch the show very <laughs> regularly. Claire and Joe Abernathy have a conversation on the phone. Right. This is... uh, And I think it's so great the way they interact with each other. I love their friendship. I love the way it's portrayed. I love the fact that they're joking about the hospital food that they always eat together. And you can tell he misses her. And he's trying to um, give her incentive to come back, right? Yeah. And this is um, where I feel like how I spoke about last episode, how it could have been split into two. Uh, And I think this is a scene where that would have helped it because... Obviously, you're supposed to feel this sort of kindredness to Joe with her and Joe Abernathy, but mm-hmm. as someone who hasn't, like, I understand it because you've explained it to me. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's read the books, you've you've only seen Joe Abernathy peripheral like, in peripheral. I mean, yeah, in the periphery, and he's really you. Pro- I think you've only seen him like maybe I don't know, five times yeah. total. Yeah, you know, so so you don't, you know, the outside looking in watcher like myself doesn't really get that the connection is is as big as it's supposed to be. Um, you know, that that's I think it's a bit of a waste. They could have spent more time on that. Yeah. I love their friendship. Right. Um, but Claire says, I'm not coming back right now. You can right. do the surgery for me and Standard I'll... Standard selfish Claire. <laughs> Claire being like, Claire, you said, yeah, when Claire she just, got off the phone. Bye, that's Joe. Just, that's just Claire being Claire. She's like, oh, someone's got a terrible thing that only I can probably handle properly. I'll just let no, her No, she let says her, to Joe pass. Abernathy, you can do it. And he says, of course I can do it, but I yeah. assume that you but would want to. I assume you would want to live up to your responsibility as this person's physician. And she's like, you know what? I just kind of do me. So, uh, yeah. and she kept she kept on rating character. So, yeah. you know, good, good for them for not straying from Claire's foundation. Right. Anyway. Back at Hellwater, we learn that Geneva is marrying an older man. And she looks... Like a way older like man. Like a not way like older man. Not like a little man. bit older Sorry. Man. So she's 18. And he's, I don't know what he is, in his 50s probably? Uh, that's generous, yeah. Yeah, and she looks nauseous about the whole thing. And right. then her eyes fall on Jamie. Right. And, and really, this is when you and I started talking about how beautiful she was. And she's got the dark hair, the porcelain skin, the blue eyes. Like, she is his type. She's yeah. English. She's she's basically like short Claire. She's like, yeah. she's like a... Short, younger Claire. A, 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 like a pale-skinned, bitchy brunette. Yeah, which is very opinionated. The, yeah, very... 
Sorry, I shouldn't say bitchy. Just like very headstrong. Is headstrong, a better word. yeah. Sorry, I retract bitchy. Yeah. Headstrong. A very headstrong, self-assured brunette, which is yeah. which is Claire. He likes that, <laughs> he, yeah. That's, he's all for that. Um, so she starts... Um, she starts hitting on Jamie yeah, and insists that well, he he's goes. The king, he's the king of yeah, men. She can't resist him. Who can? Um, she insists that they go for a ride together, right. which doesn't go well for her. Yeah. She's trying to get him to talk about love and if he thinks it's it's normal that she's marrying an old man and what he looks for in a wife. And he says, right. I don't think about things like this. And she right. says, liar. And then she rides off and I, I guess she throws herself on the ground. Right, yeah. She's all like, ah. Right. I'm hurt. And Jamie being sucker Jamie that he is, is like, oh, I'm coming for you. And he runs up and she's just like. She laughs at him. Yeah. She laughs in his face. She laughs in his face. James, James, he does not James like Fraser's it. James not into that. So she, he drops her head first into a mud puddle. Yeah. But which, this is how we know that Geneva is really hot for Jamie because she laughs. Because generally you, you know that she would be like, if someone else did that to her, they'd be beheaded or whatever whatever punishment she could dig up because mm-hmm. she's not she's not I guarantee she's not into that so uh but James Fraser does it and of course it's cute yeah uh yeah so she's she's kind of into it and uh she has a little flirty moment and then it's over yeah yeah and then John Gray and Jamie are playing chess yeah John Gray and Jamie playing chess I love John Gray and Jamie together I do too. Yeah. I love their they've camaraderie. Got, they've got great chemistry. That's, they have that's like, such good chemistry. If, if Sam Hewen in his like future endeavors yeah. should like in his all of his acting contracts should be like I need to act with o- David with, Barry. Yeah, I need to act opposite <laughs> David Barry at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have good chemistry. They're charming together. Yeah. They just they they. I think it's because David Barry is so charming. You can't help but like Maybe. him. He's got great. Um, he emotes he very well really in his face. Does. Like you can really like it, and it's convincing. It's he. He has really good uh, facial emoting. Which... Well, I follow Sam Hewen on Twitter, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, during Droughtlander last year, it just seemed like it was taking forever for them to film this season. So every once in a while, they would give us a little nugget telling us what they were working on. And this was over a year ago now, but I remember Sam Hewen writing, um, David Barry is killing it, by the way. Because he's like, yeah. have, I've been on set with Lord John Gray for the last two weeks, and then he wrote, David Barry is killing it, by the way. So he knew that he was doing, that he was working with yeah. someone who was doing a great, great yeah. job. And he was right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so he uh, he's playing chess, and then who walks up? Lord Melton. Yeah, were you yeah? happy to see him again? Uh, you know, I was surprised to see him. I kind of like that character. Um, Lord Melton walks up with uh, Mary and Edith, and they are sorry, Geneva and uh, who's the other one? Isabel. Isabel. Yep. And then uh, you know, Geneva's like, "Oh, uh, have you met yeah. Alexander? What's his name?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." So Geneva and, sniffs something. Sniffs right. Something yeah. Because Melton, to his credit, doesn't doesn't you know blow jamie's cover right there mm-hmm. and uh, but geneva's geneva's sly she knows something's going on so uh yeah so yeah so they have a little uh, a little back and forth and john gray is just like petrified he's petrified because he knows he's his cover's blown and yeah and it's funny if you watch isabel in that scene his cover jamie's cover yeah if you watch isabel in that scene she's just like blissfully ignorant she's just eyeing eyeing john gray up and down the whole time totally oblivious to all of the tension and weird questioning and references that are going on around her. his disinterest in her (laughs) yeah it's really cute um 
So from this, though, Geneva gets information about, you know, Jamie's background and history and yeah, the off, next... Off camera. Off obviously. camera, yeah. yeah. And the next scene is she essentially browbeats him into meeting her in her room. Blackmails him. She blackmails she, him. She blackmails him. She blackmails... This is... Uh, uh, Jamie Fraser is such a, a god of man mm-hmm. that uh, that attractive women need to blackmail him into taking their virginity. Yeah. That is the super hot women. Like super hot women. That is the uh, that is the the tortured life of James Malcolm Alexander yeah. whatever Fraser. To such a bad. So I'm going to ask you this because yeah, there's a please, lot of huge it. huge huge Outlander book fans mm-hmm. who like hate the character of Geneva. And you know, we're writing things the night before this episode aired that said that they, I'm just going to close my eyes for this episode and like it just it's painful for them that that what happened between Geneva and Jamie happened. But what are your thoughts and feelings on the character of Geneva? Uh, I really, I thought, honestly, when I first saw the the chemistry between them, I thought she was going to stick around. I thought she was a great character. I thought uh, Jamie was into her. And, you know, if they hadn't, you know, offed her the way they did, uh, then, uh, you know, I think think she, I think they would have been a good match. yeah, no, I, I I love the character. I, I thought it was a really good character, and uh, you know the I found the entire scenario to be well. I mean, it was. I guess I kind of understand because the whole arranged marriage, you know, her wanting to, you know, basically, it, she's a strong character, a strong woman, and she, you know, she was going to lose her virginity, and she wanted to sort of take possession of it, you know, and she she said, if I'm going to lose my virginity, I'm going to lose it to someone who I actually want to lose it to. Yeah. You know, whether I need to blackmail you or not. Yeah. Which is, you know, I guess that, you know, it's a, it's a, as, as much empowerment as she was going to get back then. So, exactly. That's how I feel too. Right. So she, you know, she, she took, she took the, took the Jamie by the horns and, and ran with it and, yeah. you know, and, and. Uh, I think there, I think that there's some very admirable qualities to the character of Geneva for an 18 year old female who's yeah. getting married off. What options does she have? And sorry, did they hate on Geneva or did they hate on Jamie for having sex with Geneva? I mean, it's more on Geneva, I think, because I mean, he didn't have a choice. Well, right? innocent, innocent. It's ridiculous. Another, another. Um, We're talking about a man who got whipped numerous times to not, you know talk and and that kind of like we're you're like he would do anything yeah Yeah. we're we're talking about a man who has you know theoretically has very strong convictions and is is bullheaded it's like jamie fraser doesn't want to do something he's not going to do it at least that's what's been established so you know if he 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 he's like oh twist twist my red-haired arm (laughs) want to watch me undress uh yeah he got into it pretty quickly yeah yeah it was the, the walls came down in a hurry and so did his pants yeah. So when we when we get to the scene where he's in Geneva's room, you were actually I wish I could have recorded your reaction to that whole part where he turns and he says, "You can watch me if you like," because you were like, "Trust me." You started just speaking for James Fraser. You're yeah. like, "Trust me." People go nuts when I get naked, so you should probably take a look at this. Yeah. And then yeah. you said, "Also, my back looks like a cheese grater." <laughs> Went after it, but um, chicks totally dig it. So don't worry. <laughs> I wish that I could have recorded it because it was funny the stuff that was coming out of your mouth because it was all pretty accurate. Um, and I, I actually, I quite enjoyed this scene. I thought it did go on for a while, but they had good chemistry. Yeah. And that was a rewrite. In the book, 
like he kind of I think I told you rapes right. her he she decides halfway through she doesn't want to and he's like too bad we're doing it right and Diana Gabaldon has tried to defend it a bunch of times saying no she's in the position of power he didn't rape her and plus he said once I start I can't stop it's just like right. so bad news bears so no they matter how you it. interpreted the book this is a lot clearer that they're both they're on board yeah, yeah. um and he's I love the part where she's like She's like, is it going to hurt? And he's like, no, if I go slow. It's like, don't do worry. Job, I've God. deflowered so many virgins. I know. Don't don't worry. I've, <laughs> I got this. I've, yeah, this yeah. is your virgin 50. Trust yeah. me. You're, you're yeah. in the clear. Uh, cute little piece of information. Yeah. I read an interview with Hannah James, the girl that plays Geneva. Mm-hmm. And she was saying it was her first sex scene ever, which it was a pretty intense, long sex scene. It was. Scene he's like be... licking her <laughs> areas <laughs> and stuff. to be her first. And so she was like, quite nervous but she was at least relieved because she's like well because she's a huge fan of the right. show Outlander so she's like at least I'm with someone who knows what they're doing because he does sex scenes all the right. time then on when it got to be on set Sam Hewen apparently was quite nervous as well because he's only done sex scenes with Balf. Katrina Balf and he's very comfortable with her and they know what they're doing so he got there though and he was nervous about being with some, mm-hmm. some you know rando. newbie who right. is anyway so I just thought that that was mm-hmm. kind of cute um, anyways, and just to speak to what you brought up before about how Jamie always cries when he's having sex with people mm-hmm. other than Claire, he did not cry. Yeah, I know. That's the, uh, that's how we know Jamie was into it. He wasn't into yeah, it, Yeah, he didn't. Sure. There was no, yeah. none of his... There will be fans who were like, uh, no, he wasn't. He had to. He was No, he sure was all it. in, literally. And I was thinking, did he close his eyes? You know how Claire always closed her eyes with Frank and then he closed his eyes with Mary McNabb? No, he didn't look I like feel like he was. He was. There was a lot of tonguing and things. If he was, if he did have his eyes closed, he knows his way around in the dark. I like, feel like his eyes weren't closed. No, he was full eyes open. At this point, it's been a while, and he's already he's been he swam it's been like thirteen years. Right, he swam to the years. island, and the white witch wasn't there. She's, it's like she's gone. Just, I mean, you know, you can't. She's not coming back. What do you expect? He's the, you know, he's the king of, yeah. of king of manliness. Like. So then, of Get course, the next scene, we see that Geneva is pregnant. <laughs> right. Which, Surprise! I will say, in the book, before he agreed to do it, he was like, I'm only going to do it on certain days. So after you get your monthly courses, I mean, he had it wrong, because it's like, we'll have to do it within the right. first week. They didn't exactly That's have like, not, a Google no. calendar. But there was, they did address it. So it wasn't, it was more of a surprise in the book, because they had actively decided to choose a time when yeah. she wouldn't get pregnant, it as it turns literally out. literally the next time you see Geneva, she's like, seven months yeah. pregnant and they do this close up to Jamie and you start laughing because you could see the panic yeah, in his just, face oh fuck yeah so back in 1968 Fiona gives Claire the pearls that Jamie gave to her on their wedding night and there's a really nice moment between the two of them Fiona and Claire I think they've got good chemistry this like they're really sweet together scene had no significance to me whatsoever I had no idea what was going on nor did I really care well it's important because James Frazier's mother those are her no, pearls you explained and, it to me oh, at the okay. time but I still don't I still don't really so the, he gave them to Claire right. but she gave them to Mrs. Graham and Mrs. Graham gave them to Fiona who gave them back to Claire so at first you'd think why wouldn't why would Claire ever give those pearls to anyone else but it's because she promised Frank that she wouldn't chase ghosts and that it was all behind her so the only thing she really kept of Jamie was her ring her wedding ring right. which she said I'll take it off but then oh it wouldn't come off if she wanted to get that ring off it would have come yeah, off but you could, that's, there's wire cutters for that um, so anyway I just thought it was a waste of a scene 
Right. So then we move into, so she finishes, she takes the pearls from Fiona and she goes into the room where Brianna is, Sophie Skelton, and it's just so awkward and hollow and wooden. And at one point Brianna says, Mama, you all right? And it's like, that line is so small, but it's, it's so awkward for me to watch you deliver it. And it made me realize that Katrina Balf really plays off the actors that she's with. So when she, like Katrina Balf, when she is with Tobias Menzies, she is incredible. Like when they had fights, yeah. I was like buying everything that she sold. Like she was like, she blew me away. And when she's with Sam Hewen, mm-hmm. I think she does a phenomenal job then as well. But when she's next to Sophie Skelton, even... Even Claire seems hollow and wooden and one-dimensional and kind of awkward. Yeah, the, the Claire in this, this was just not a great... No. This is probably the worst Claire episode. Yeah. She was just... There was... I mean, other than the, her one little, you know, like I said, in-character selfish moment, it, it really... It was just... She may as well not have been there. Like She, she was, was just she a was like a non-character. Turtleneck and a bouffant haircut yeah, the exactly. whole time. Hair yeah. looked great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was not necessary. And I will just say, because I just said she relies on the actors that she's with, but Katrina Balfe's one of her most incredible performances was the episode of Faith, and that was just her in a room. So she's an incredible actress regardless, but I really feel like her scenes with Brianna are stiff and awkward for some reason. Yeah. Um, and could, could be the source material. It could be. Anyway. It could be. Uh, and then we have Brianna and Roger talking together in what you described as the worst costume combo ever oh my god it was horrible he's rocking this like black black turtleneck with a white shirt and she has this doily around her neck with a horrible like i don't know what was going on there but it was just just it was like someone lost a dare or or lost a bet and was like or was like hey what if we let's try and put these costumes in a scene and see if no one notices and we still get nominated for an emmy i don't because Oh, yeah, if we wind back, Geneva's costumes, on the other oh, hand, were incredible. unbelievable. I like, her, her riding outfit with that awesome, hat. like, sassy pirate hat. And, yeah. th- you, know, and you the, even said, you're like, wow, yeah. that girl can pull off that hat. Yeah, that's a hard hat to pull <laughs> off. And tough hat. She rocked the she hell out of that did hat. did wear it well. But also, she had this cool riding jacket that had, like, almost a, a sort of like a V-shaped I don't know what it is. I'm not a seamstress, but it looked it looked really cool. It was she had great outfits. She really did. Yeah, they do really good. With well, that I think sort of, I think know. all the costume because it's um, it's Terry Dressback who's Ronald yeah. D. Moore's wife, and the costuming across the board is phenomenal. And I guarantee that the costumes that Brianna and Roger were wearing in that scene were very accurate to the times. They just happened to be unattractive. I guess, yeah. And then they kiss. Yeah, Brianna gets in there. She's been flirty with Rogers from day one, and yeah. Rogers just kind of the your sort of typical mummy. Oh, shucks, man. Oh, shucks, British yeah. man. And she just gets in there. So they kiss, and then mm. we have... It's actually a beautiful shot of a woman's... The bottom of a woman's dress running against the street and her heels just flapping the dress, and it's Isabel running to Jamie to tell him that Geneva is in labor and she is in distress, and they... Get, get in a, a carriage yeah. and they run to a gig- right. or they ride to a gigantic manor. Which again was a little bit confusing because I thought she was just going to get Jamie and telling Jamie to go, but when they all they went. get there, they were it was she, they were just getting like the whole posse was going. Dad, yeah. mom, yeah. sister, everybody. 
Yeah. And the labor does not go well. And Jamie finds Isabel crying because Geneva is dead, which you actually said out loud, whoa, you yeah. were surprised by that. I didn't see that coming. I thought and Geneva then, was going to be around for I a bit. I did too. Well, I mean, I, I knew, but I could I could see why you would think that. And then um, you also were surprised when Isabel slapped him. You said, whoa, again. Yeah. I think you were still Isabel. recovering still from recovering Geneva from being dead. But Isabel was basically like, I know that the baby is your baby. Like, I mean, she didn't come out and say it, but it was strongly implied that she's like, my sister only had sex with one person and she told me it was you and she had a baby. So one plus two equals baby. <laughs> uh, so so you're mm-hmm. basically the root cause of this. And Yeah. And then there's then, the, the next scene is the dramatic scene with the baby and the knife. Well, someone comes and gets yeah. Jamie and is yeah. like, hey, red come hair, help. get up here. Yeah. So yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, so uh, Lord Old Man is, he's got the baby and mm-hmm. this really nasty looking knife, by the way. And, uh, and yeah. I should I should tell our listeners that you, while you are not a sensitive viewer in any way, anything to do with kids or babies, you're yeah. very, very sensitive about yeah. to the extent that you refuse to watch the episode of Faith, which is I when... I would watch it. He, he refused. It's the only episode of Outlander he hasn't watched because... He can't handle that kind of thing. So he's watched every other episode. But so how did you find that scene with the knife and the baby? I mean, I really liked it. It was there was uh, there was like really serious tension because, you know, the, the, the man that she was supposed to marry is wigging out because obviously, uh, although I find it kind of odd that he wigged out then because obviously he knew it wasn't his child. So it's kind of I mean, maybe it was a little weird that it was he kind chose of weird because you would have moment. known the, as soon as she right. was pregnant you yeah. would have known because he well he would have known for sure because apparently they had never yeah. laid with each other yeah as uh, isabel said so i'm not really sure why he chose this moment to flip his switch and you know hold the baby like what was he even like what what was the whole deal with oh i'm gonna kill like it wasn't like I think he, was, he was gonna kill the baby but he wasn't like holding it was he just trying to hurt Geneva's parents like I didn't like I to drag was, it out no I think that he was caught about to take the baby and kill the baby because it's a bastard and his wife's oh, now dead gotcha and I think that they caught him and then the right, scene okay. that would make sense yeah so anyway and then uh, so the Lord old man starts basically just laying into dead Geneva and you know Geneva's dad wigs out and pulls out a gun and uh, you know Jamie Fraser's like okay we're all going to put down our weapons now, so you put down your knife and you put down your gun. Then he goes over and he gets Dad to, to give him the gun and he takes the gun, but Dickbag won't put the knife down. And Jamie knows that that is his baby. Yeah. So he starts, you know, going for it and Jamie just shoots him right in the face. He Which does. is, uh, I applaud that. Yeah. I would have shot him in the face too, probably. Yeah. You know, under the circumstances. It's a uh, relief for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and then, of course, like, you're, but if my first thought is like, he just like where's that baby going? But no, they zoom in. The baby's just fine, just fine. just 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 chilling. Yep. And uh, yeah, so all was all was good. Yep. Well, and except for the dead man. Right. But, yeah. but he was evil. Right. Uh, the next scene, Isabel is pushing a baby carriage with Jamie's baby in it, and we yeah. learn that he's been named William, but they call him Willie, which. Um, you is, had to explain the significance. It's very special yeah. to Jamie because his older brother's name was Willie. Although they do explain that for the Mies of the world later in the episode because he actually tells Willie. Right. Yes, yeah. they do. Um, and then Lady Dunsany, who we know has barely spoken to Jamie and has always really disliked him. Right. Although, up. well, you don't know that she's just like you. Well, his, well at the it was beginning. was implied, but you never, that, that was their first interaction on screen. First interaction on screen, but in the interaction that he had with Lord Dunsany, he said, mm-hmm. my wife is totally. not a fan but of you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So she comes up and she's actually very nice and says, we're so grateful to you. And it turns out he accidentally killed himself. And that's what people are going to hear right. forever. And also, if you would like to go back to Scotland, you're good. You're free. My husband's yeah. very important and he'll put in a good word for you and and you have your freedom. Yeah. So and as a thank you for saving their bastard grandchild, he gets to go free and has amnesty. Yeah. But he says he would like to continue on in their service. Yeah, well, because he's got this his third know. child, and he no. looks down, and and uh, well, and when she walked out by, I actually said, "Now, in true Outlander fashion, Jamie's going to get banished to the to the overseas or something like that." But they they did it in a much more uh, uh, velvet glove sort of way. But it was essentially the same thing. It's just a you know a building of drama. But uh, Jamie chooses to stay. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then we zip ahead ten years or something like that. Uh, we do. It was six yeah. years because yeah. then child, little child Willie, yeah, little yeah. Willie is six years old, yeah. and Sam Hewn doesn't age an hour. <laughs> he actually looks like it's the He's same. Maybe younger. The it's same, like the same afternoon. It's the same like afternoon. The kid is like gone through the stones and aged and has come back. I don't know, but Sam Hewn looks no like they didn't change his hair they even. I don't think it was really yeah. But it's like been six more years. Done something there. Come on, guys. And you hear them saying, Oh yeah, we joke that he spends so much time with Mackenzie, he's starting to look like him. Right. And I will just bring up casting again on this note because he looks nothing we don't have to like, him. like I get that little Willie never had red hair. I get that. But in the books, he looks so much like James Frazier, both as a child and spoiler, as an adult. So right. <gasps> I just wish that we could have cast a child that didn't have a like beautiful little boy. Yeah, excellent but he had, actor. Like, an olive complexion he and dark did. hair. He looked. He. Uh, he I don't know Spanish. what his yeah what his ethnicity actually is, but it certainly doesn't look like a Scottish Highlander and mixed with a white porcelain por- skin yeah, British girl. I agree. So I mean, again, I question casting. That being said, that little kid was a great actor, and mm-hmm. he also had great chemistry with Sam Hewen. Yeah, he was really. The they kid had a knocked lot out of park. scenes. Yeah, they. Yeah. So I can kind maybe it just came down to well we can just keep saying that they really look alike and this kid is a great actor because nothing makes me more uncomfortable than bad kid actors it'll, so it'll be interesting to see i mean this you just spoiled it for me i didn't know that little willie becomes big willie later well, so yeah, okay. no, i didn't uh spoilers uh but it'll be interesting to see what they cast uh kind of like older fergus we'll see right if if, if older willie looks a little bit a little bit more like James Frazier. Well, you know that John Gray is a huge character. And if Willie is his adopted son, you must have assumed that at some point, unless Willie has a horrible accident at a young age, you would must have assumed that we'd probably hear Willie again. Especially because we know that... We don't, I thought Geneva was going to last that's true. more than an episode. <laughs> Look what I... So I'm... All that's bets true. are on. Okay. And I guess that's why it's kind of fun watching it with you. So then we go back to 1966 and we're in a library and they have one last book... It's off by a hundred years. They're trying to track down. I didn't understand. Jamie, it makes just more. Claire is downtrodden. Boring library BS. This whole it was just every scene with them. It really wasn't great. Yeah, it's just a giant waste of time. Well, and I think it's because because I remember reading that when they went to write each episode, they were trying to make it so that Claire and Jamie would have equal screen time. But the issue is that in a lot of in a lot of the book Voyager, it's really like there's a lot more going on with Jamie in those 20 years than with Claire because Claire lives with Frank. 
for right. 20 years and then he or yeah for 20 years and then he dies and yeah. that's it so whereas Jamie like he's you know he survives Culloden and then he's in a cave and then he's in Ardsmere and then he goes to Hellwater and I'm not going to spoil anything but like he still has their 10 six more years or whatever four more years right yeah I don't I don't know I mean maybe it's just that Jamie Fraser lived a more interesting life but I really think they're that it's they're they're delivering Claire's progression of time just in such a clunky manner like they're skipping over things that i feel are important and lingering on things that i couldn't give one half a shit about yeah and it's uh it's just i don't know it's unfortunate yeah like so then the Lord last joe abernathy less weird pearl necklace I, who <laughs> yeah. cares so then claire sits at a bar and is sulking and she, we also learn that she's quitting she's not going to keep quote chasing a ghost and right yeah I was going to say that Brianna delivers a line that says, we will find him. But Claire says, no, like, we're going to go back to Boston. And they throw in this uh, where they're sitting. They did that line where, like, oh, why is everyone looking at us? And, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're not supposed to be sitting here. And it was this interesting, you know, it's Claire's defiant women's lib moment. Mm-hmm. But I find they, they're almost, like, do you feel like they're kind of, like, horseshoeing that stuff in every episode? Well, I think what they're trying to show is that Claire is a progressive woman and it's not like when she goes back in time, you know, she's dealing with things that she doesn't actually have to deal with in 1968. Like in 1968, women are not really considered equal and they're not really considered, you know, as they don't have the same amount of rights that men have. So I think they're, I think what they're trying to get at is for her to go back to 1766, she's not really losing anything. Yeah, maybe it's just like kind of... Like rights for women. Yeah, maybe it's just to show that she hates her... Pre- I don't know. I don't really... Like, I'm not... Yeah, because she seemed for, really angry. She's like, it's 1968. Right, but then, but then nothing happens. But then, like, nobody says anything. Nobody... It's it's just... Yeah. It's it's like... It's, it's... I just find them bizarre and out of place and just sort of just rammed in there. Like, with no actual... Like, I, I don't mind... Like, there's nothing wrong with that as, as a story element. Mm-hmm. But they never actually seem to go anywhere. Like, um... Like in that, you know, episode, was it episode one? Where was it that she Harvard, got? yeah, yeah. You know, like both of those guys are, you know. The doctor. The doctor yeah. and the professor are kind of dicks to her, you know, and she's kind of angry about it. But, you know, it never actually goes anywhere. Those guys never like get their come up, you know. So it, it just seems like, and maybe, yeah, they're, they're just trying to make it out that Claire is unhappy and it's not a great place for her to like, live. I don't really understand it. It just seems like it's a... But it's this recurring theme that we've mm-hmm. seen a lot it in three episodes. It certainly is recurring. Yep. And what I don't, I don't see the payoff for it. That's the only problem. <laughs> maybe it's maybe, maybe it's coming. maybe it's coming. So Jamie and Willie are then walking along, and Jamie says, "I'm leaving. I'm going back to Scotland." And Willie's sad, and they have a fight. Yeah, Willie. Jamie calls, whacks him. Calls him a bastard. And calls him a wee bastard. It's like, Jamie, you. <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit on the nose there, brother. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not a bastard. And he's like, I'm sorry. And I then they make thought. up and they hug. And it's actually really cute because Willie calls him Mac. And I think it's a really cute nickname. Yeah. Um, and then Jamie and Lord John Gray go for a walk. And he asks him to look out for Willie and spend time with him and serve as his father. And in return... If Jamie offers to... He offers his body. Offers his body. He's like, you, he knows. May, you may bugger me if you like. Is is like literally what he, is not literally what he said, but that was 100% his implication, which I found just 
Like, so did John Gray was caught off guard by it too. He was, he was like, "Are we, you actually offering? Are you, are you really? Is this?" Is this and thing? Jamie said, "Oh, sorry." Like he was embarrassed. He's like, "Do you not want not me? A, like is every, that not a thing? everyone, Every, wants everyone me. Like, does. Do you, do you like? Have you seen my not, cheeseburger back? Yeah. yeah everyone. Do you not?" And John Gray's like, "No, I'll want you till the day I die, but I am not going to like, get myself into that situation." That's just weird, brother. Yeah. yeah that's. Uh, and then he says, "That was a weird. Did that happen in the book? Because that yeah, was. It, of course, did it, it really? Yeah. That's just." That was weird. In the book. Oh, here we go. Well, I'll get to that in a second. So then John Gray says he's going to marry. Uh, he's going to get married. And yeah. Jamie says, what, to a woman? And John Gray says, it's really cute. David Barry, like like you said, his facial expressions. He says, I don't really think there's any other alternative than marrying a woman. Yeah. And um, he says, I'm going to marry Isabel. And my second favorite line is Sam Hewen when he says, Christ, man, you can't do that because he really likes Isabel, yeah, and he, he gets realizes really defensive of Isabel. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And uh, John Gray's like, I actually really like her. I have a lot of admiration for her, and we get along. And she doesn't know. She doesn't. And he's her. like, you know, and and I actually think in some universe, like they do make a nice looking couple, right. like a nice sweet couple. They're both right. great people, and, and he kind basically people. says to Jamie, then he's like, well, by the way, if I marry Isabel. It'll be easier for me. Willie's going to come with us, and essentially he's going to be my son. So. Yeah. And um, there's this really nice moment where Jamie reaches out, and they hold hands. Mm-hmm. And Jamie actually holds John yeah. Gray's hand with both of his, and I thought it was such a nice sort of closure, closure relationship. from when John Gray first reached out and touched Jamie's hand, and he Jamie, just got up yeah. and... Threatened to kill him. Threatened to kill yeah. him, yeah. It's a big circle. So I thought that was really, really sweet. Yeah. And good job, Tony Graffia, writing that scene. Sorry, rewriting that scene. Because in the book, Jamie kisses him. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean... I mean... I get it. John Gray is a super attractive man, whether no. you're male or female. But it's just... It goes in line It with seems like of, such a tease, right? Yeah, well, and I sort of implied that I felt like Jamie might be pseudo into it. So maybe Sam Hewen wants wanted maybe, to have it go that way yeah, instead maybe, of... That's interesting. Maybe they're, they're playing into my original uh, perception that, you know, Jamie maybe wasn't as taken aback by it as, you know, he played. Yeah. I don't think anyone would be taken aback by John Gray, male, female. He's a he's a nice I mean, guy. He's a, he's a he's a dashing fellow. He is. Hell so, of a chess player. Hell of a, hell of a chess player. You're just throwing that out because we have no idea if he's good or not. Um, so Jamie and Willie talk uh, talk in the stables, and Willie says that his mom calls Catholics stinking Papists, 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 and. Um, JB baptizes him, William James. He gives him his name mm-hmm. and uh, also gives him the snake and says, This is so that you have something to remember me by. And Willie, and this, this kid delivers this line so well, mm-hmm. he says, But I have nothing for you to remember me by. And Jamie's like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I can't. He's like, I'll remember you. I'll remember you. It's a cute yeah. scene. It was a it's touching. A, it, was it was a very touching. Sweet scene. Well delivered by Sam Hewen. Well, yeah, no, delivered. it was it was it was a very touching scene for sure. Yeah, and again, Sam Hewen has great chemistry with that kid, the same way he has great chemistry with Lord John Gray and mm. Geneva. Sam Hewen did a great job in this. Yeah, in Hellwater this was his jam. Yeah. 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 So then we see uh, Claire and, and Brianna leaving the reverend's house leaving roger mm-hmm. but we don't even get a goodbye between brianna and roger which i thought was a really weird just choice you just see her walking out and roger sitting there and i yeah. just felt like shouldn't claire have said goodbye like it just seemed kind of bizarre and more bad 
Then you know, it, it's it's almost like they they're just kind of glossing over what's happening in 1968. Well, and I think that they were trying to draw parallels because Claire said to Brianna, "We are going to go home. We're going home." And then the next scene, it was Jamie saying to Willie, "I'm going home." So I think throughout each of the separate stories, they've been trying to show parallels in what's happening to each of them, and of course, each of the titles mm-hmm. always is representative of what's going on with them. But it just it didn't. Yeah, it just seemed it's, I didn't care sucks. for the way it was actually delivered and then the final scene of like Claire and Brianna on the airplane with their beautiful coiffed hair and 1960s outfits just looking forlorn Mm -hmm. no it was just quitting you're quitting um and then there was the scene where you called it the old yeller moment where Mm -hmm. Joe says goodbye to Isabel and John and Isabel actually says she gives him a hug and says we'll take good care of your son a really nice moment and John Gray has his hand on on Willie's arm and I just thought you know it's it was actually a very touching scene because Jamie's leaving Willie but you know he's in good hands and the show has developed the two characters of Isabel and John Gray well enough that you are thinking if I had to leave my kid with someone these two would be like these are the he's going to be raised by really good people Jamie gets on his horse and starts riding away and Willie oh, runs Mac, after him. Mac. Yeah, and you said this is an old yeller moment. Yeah, yeah, it's the tugging of the hard strings, the typical. And John Gray just books it. I don't know if you noticed. He, he just like he really books did. it I think hard. he felt bad about because yeah. he's like, oh my god, no one yeah. wants to deal with this. This is no, depressing like, shit. Like, way to sell that, David Barry. Uh, like he, yeah, he, we, I love yeah, David he Barry. He sprinted hard. He was not half-assing that. No, yeah, he went right after. He was like, Willie. shit, I shouldn't let go of the kid. This yeah. is gonna be depressing. <laughs> start to my parenting. Yeah, he, he went bad hard. Start to my parenting. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then that's and then you just see Jamie riding refusing to turn around and yeah. Sam Hewen looks like all the blood is draining out of his face. He looks he did an amazing job. Yeah, it was terrible cuz I mean he he basically what we didn't cover is the reason why he's leaving, which is it's becoming so even though we don't think he looks mm-hmm. anything like Jamie Fraser, it's becoming so visibly obvious that the he knows boy, yeah. right that if he's the longer he stays the more obvious it's going to be that Jamie's his father. And, uh, you know, so for the good of, of his son, you know, Jamie's Jay Frey has taken one for the team. So uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's lost his third child. Yeah, it was sad. sad. It was sad. And that's the end. And that's the end. Playing this beautiful Bob Dylan song in right. the background. Which you said you were... Uh, it was a cover. It was a cover. I would have preferred to hear Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. I would have preferred to hear the original, but It'd be whatever. interesting to hear why. Uh, I'm sure Ronald D. Moore on his podcast will explain to you why. Maybe. He chose that cover song. Maybe not. So, loin points. You know what? You're going to be surprised. Um, I would give this episode... What did I give the last one? 62, I think. 62 or 63. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a solid 39. 39. uh, Because everything about 1960-whatever just sucked. But then that should only knock 50% down. Well, it did. Okay. So, uh, because the other stuff wasn't like amazing but it was still not too bad like mm-hmm. there was some good stuff it introduced a character that i liked and then killed her off um <laughs> uh, but there was there was it gets like good points for that really touching moment between jamie and willie and uh always like to see john gray get up in there and uh i really like the tension in that scene with the baby and the gun and the knife i thought it was i thought it was strong mm-hmm. um but yeah everything in in 1960 whatever Mm -hmm. just was just awful yeah and it loses big points for 
that the just the cornballness of that sex scene, uh, or at least the first half of that sex scene, super cornball. Okay. So okay. big, big. But I feel like that's like Outlander's yeah. cornball wheelhouse. Yeah, I think you need to just start. No, I will embracing not embracing it. I will not, or at least not like knocking points down no. for it, because that's just part no, of it. No, that's wrong. I will not point. That's <laughs> that. That is categorically incorrect. It will forever lose points for being a cornball. Okay, for corn. cornball scenes, that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. So anyway, okay, big cornball loss. Okay, so final line points. I can't remember what you said. 39? Thirty-nine. Thirty. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Okay. One short of forty. So I would give this ninety. Really? Yeah. This is your lowest rated. It's my lowest rated. No, yeah. but still doesn't. Well, it's Outlander. It's an amazing. It's my favorite TV series. I love these. These guys are my friends. So just watching it. You no, know, I think you're. And seeing like written by Tony Graffia. It's like I love Tony Graffia. Adapted now, for television by Ronald D. Moore. I love Ronald D. Moore. Like, ninety for me isn't is. It's funny because you just got on me about being too hard on it, but I think you're being from everything you said. I think you're being too soft on it. Really? Ah, I mean, you you choose your points, but I'm just saying. I feel like this was. I knocked a, ten points uh, off of it. I feel like this was in the. Uh, I feel like this was in maybe the maybe the seventies for you. Not seventies for sure. Really? I'm I'm sticking with you my dog 90. Brianna hard. Yeah, I mean most. It's at ninety. Right. Because of Brianna. Okay. All right. What's your points? To and give? the and the 1960s stuff. Okay. Um, favorite scene. I mean, it's got to be that scene that the, the pretty much that whole back half with the the Willie goodbye. Mm. Like they did a really good job in this episode. They like I, I said at the beginning, you know, they set it up. Yeah, you know, they set up the yeah. You know, the, it's it's another thing that you know. I mean, maybe could have used more time, but unlike the Frank and Brianna, yeah, they they spent a good amount of time really showing. Um, you know, even, despite the parts of it that were ridiculous you know that he looked nothing like him and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff they really you know gave uh, a good enough amount of screen time plus they had really good chemistry between mm-hmm. sam hewan and this kid that you know you you really felt like he was walking away from something yeah and uh, like i said they set it up by saying that he'd lost two children and that kind of thing they, they it was it was really well done in my opinion so then uh, you know when they they had the old yellow moment at the end and uh you know, Sam. Sammy's riding away with his furrowed brow, and he's yeah. all sad. I bought it. So, so good, good for them. I don't buy very much on this show. So, so good for good for you, Outlander. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my favorite scene was at that that final that final um, talk between Lord John Gray and Jamie at the end. And we've kind of already talked about all the things that I loved about it. But there's just genuine friendship between them. There's an openness. There's a trust and a mutual respect. And I. I just, I mean, how many people does John Gray have to talk with the way he talks with Jamie? Like, I'm marrying a woman because there's no alternative. But I'm going to marry, is it like, the way, Jamie knows so much about Lord John Gray and he trusts him. Well, Jamie's his best friend. Yeah, like, who else does he have? Nobody. And Jamie says, you have my friendship as long as you ever want it. And he's like, that means a lot. That means probably more than you think it means to me. BTW, I'd like it forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I really liked that scene. Least favorite scene. Oh, well, it's the cornball sex scene. Okay. For sure. The leading up to it? No, even the that because during it there was that line where she's like, "Is it gonna hurt?" And he's like, "No, yeah, I deflower the virgins all the time." No, like, no, corn, 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 just okay. corn on the cob. Okay. Terrible. Okay. So my least favorite scene was the only scene with just Claire and Brianna, right. where she says, "Mama, are you all right?" Cringing, cringing. Yeah. 
That's fair. They both suck. So. Okay, so that's a wrap. Yeah, okay. Well, it is a wrap. So thank you very much for tuning in to Lloydlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> promise me I'll be back.